I'm Sean Styers, and he's Mr. Bobby Hensley. We're two guys talking sports movies, and man, football is is basically upon us. We're getting ready for football season. Of course, we're based in South Bend, Indiana. We cover Notre Dame football, so we figured, what better movie, what better <laughs> football movie to start off with than Rudy? Yeah, what a great movie that you picked. <laughs> I like the way you say well, that. Well, this movie is on your favorite list. It is. It was. It showed up at number two in uh, in my top ten football movies list. And if you haven't heard our top ten football movies podcast, check it out. We we each ranked our top ten football movies, and Rudy is my number two. It was not in your top ten, though, right, Bobby? <laughs> That's correct. It wouldn't be in my top twenty, probably. Um, it, let me let me ask you this. Well, let's start <laughs> with that. Why why not? Why don't you like the movie, Rudy? Well, what year did you move to South Bend? I moved to South Bend in October of 2000. So you had already seen Rudy. You Correct. knew what it was all about. In fact, you know what? Interesting little story. One of the lines that I that stands out to me still is the Ned Beatty, the dad, when he's in the stadium, The uh, this is the most beautiful sight these eyes have ever seen. When I applied for the radio job here in South Bend, which was – Hosting, it's similar to the job that I have now, but a little bit different, but hosting a Notre Dame pregame show for the flagship station of Notre Dame Sports and doing some play-by-play for a couple of different Notre Dame teams. I used that line in my cover letter. Ended up getting the <laughs> and job. And you still got the job. And it well, hey. Well, thanks for sharing your resume with us. That was pretty <laughs> cool. That was an interesting story. But when you went into the stadium the first time, did you feel that way? I did. You did? Absolutely. I mean... And again, you know, I was a Notre Dame fan growing up, the whole thing, and I think that's why this movie resonates with a lot of people. Notre Dame fan and that that dream to to be part of Notre Dame and that whole thing. And the first time I walked into the stadium, it was Notre Dame Air Force, October of two thousand, and I, I remember a lot of things about that day. Let me put it that way. And I think I think that. We're going to get to the negative connotations that kind of surround this for people. We talked about this in our Top 10 podcast with Rudy. The closer you're connected to Notre Dame, the more you, and it, the more you know about the real things that did and didn't happen related to this Rudy story, and the more you yeah. know about Daniel Rudy Rudiger, <laughs> the more you kind of become jaded, I think, by this actual story. So... It's hard to separate some of that stuff. But I interrupted you. So what well, I was going to say your well, feelings so about this movie. My question to you is going to be when you before you came here, was this movie number 2 to you? Or is it because of your ties to South Bend now and seeing the stadium, being in it so many times? I th- did that it, influence you in a positive way to move it up your list? No, not not at all because I, it was already one of your all-time it was, favorites. It was already there. And as we talked about in the top ten, I really had to separate myself from all the things that I that I know that either <laughs> did or didn't happen. The Jersey scene, all the stuff with Dan Devine. There's the things a lot that of controversy. Did jade me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of controversy with that. And so I tried to to keep it the actual story of the movie mm-hmm. versus what I knew. And so, uh, as I said in the top ten. I think if you just go by the whole feel good, the underdog story, the guy fighting for what he wants, not buying other people's stereotypes and and all that kind of stuff about what he is supposed to be and and fighting for what he wants and working to get 
what he got because he was a big underdog who overcame a lot to just to get to where he was as a walk-on on the Notre Dame football team. Separating all the other stigmas, just Rudy itself <laughs> and the story as a movie, I, I, I do think that it's, it's it's worthy of top ten football it's movies. It's kind of funny because if you take out all that other stuff and whatever, the plot that you've been left with pretty much sounds like you're describing the movie Dodgeball. <laughs> The underdogs that don't fit without that, all what, the comedy. Yeah. That's right. right. Let's just let's just jump in here. Let's let's address all the stuff that's well, sort of attributed one more to more question Rudy. I have. Okay. How co- there's so many movies that are based on a true story. Right. So why does this one have so much controversy about it about what's real and what's been libertied versus any other movie? See again, would would there because of where I live? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean. If we if we lived in Odessa, Texas, for example, because we're going to do Friday Night Lights coming up here soon. Now, a little bit different the way they did the two movies, Friday Night Lights, the movie versus Rudy. But both were based on a true story. I saw the movie Blinded by the Light over the weekend. It's about the kid in England who becomes a huge Bruce Springsteen fan and how the, right. the music and the lyrics affect him. Of course, the very next day, I read an article about, well, here's what really happened. Here's what didn't happen. But I think the closer you are to whoever the characters happen to be, to to the real-life circumstances, you probably know more about that. But if you're sitting from 30,000 feet out, all you see is a movie, and you don't care about, well, Dan Devine didn't really do the jerseys, and Dan Devine wasn't trying to keep him off the field, and, and, and all these little things. I think it matters to you the closer you are to the actual circumstances. And I don't, I'm not hating everything in this movie. I think there's a great story there that's told. I think it's well produced. I think it's well acted even. You know, one of the things we always talk about is that they should recast anybody. And I couldn't think of anybody that would be different that I'd want in a different role. Yeah. And I, Ned Beatty is the dad. Cool. Did a good job. Yeah. Sean Astin did a good job as Rudy. Uh, I mean, D-Bob. <laughs> Who else were you going to get? It's Well, you know. at the time, though, he was unknown. That was his first movie John credit. John Favreau, yeah. So they could have got anybody, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's Vince Vaughn's first credit in a movie. That's right. And Jamie O'Hara, the, the All-American running back who had the the odds with Rudy at practice. So here, uh, But came around to love him by the end. I was going to say, and one <laughs> thing that we always talk about, too, is what would you learn or something. Uh-huh. I never realized he's the one that threw the pass that – the halfback the, pass. They got him in the game. Let's yep. do this for Rudy. Yeah. Did that really happen? Who cares? <laughs> no, it didn't. They did score a touchdown towards the end of the game, but it was on the goal line. It wasn't anything right. crazy. Yeah. A lot of different – see, and I, I think – But I'm okay with that too, by the way. I think a lot of the venom gets directed at at Rudy, Daniel Rudiger, Rudiger about the, the liberties that they took with the story. But again – we, we've talked about this before. This is not a documentary, right? This is this is a Hollywood production. It is a film made in Hollywood. The first thing you see on the screen at the start of the movie, if you watch the movie from the very beginning, the following is based on a true story. It means the movie is based on actual events that happen. But it's a movie, so it's going to be exaggerated. But for the most part, it's true. But again... The venom gets directed at Rudy, but if you go to IMDb, for example, he doesn't even have a writing credit on this. Now, obviously, he was pitching to Hollywood. Here's here's everything that happened to me. Here's here's all this stuff. I I came out of nowhere. I was a kid nobody cared about, and I was a walk on at Notre Dame, and and all this. The actual writer of the movie, Angelo Pizzo. I'm not sure exactly if I'm saying his name right. P i z z o. He's the same guy who wrote. 
the movie or the movie Hoosiers. Right. And the same director for these two as well. Exactly. So and by the way, Pizzo's real life wife, Greta Lind, who played oh, Mary, Mary yep. in the movie. But so I don't know. Go ahead. Then they had uh the coach, Dan Devine, was also in Hoosiers. He played That's right. He was who was he? George? I don't know. I've never seen Hoosiers until yeah. we have to do that one. One here's something that bugged me about this. <laughs> the story itself Rudy never worked in a steel mill. Yeah, and that I mean that's that's but again, what did he do instead? He also, he also didn't have brothers. Well, he did. He, had, he, he didn't. Well, he he didn't have older brothers. Let's put it that way. Frank ones. and yeah. John were fictitious. fictitious. The girlfriend fictitious. That's all fine. Well, but again, if you go like blinded by the light, I just saw there's a girlfriend relationship there that never actually happened in real life. So, it, it, but what did he do instead of the steel mill? He went into the navy. Don't you think that would make a better story than what they have? Yeah, I mean. I would think so because he went into the Navy and then came back out. And I guess he didn't have a suitcase when he came to South Bend. He but had the he had the Navy be- like the duffel bag. So it's like alluded to. But and they use that. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just stick with that. Well, then part of it, it, if you go in the military, you have the GI Bill, so he would have had an easier time getting in. And now that in the seventies, I don't know about no. the actual entrance and stuff like that. Because I did read that, and there's some people. Well, he would have had all this paid for. The GI Bill, there are a lot of different layers to the GI okay. Bill, the Army College Fund, and especially now that we've been at war for so long. There are a lot of different layers to all that and how much you get. Back in the 70s, the actual GI Bill itself, especially if you're going to go to a small school, it it would cover partial. It probably wouldn't even be like a half scholarship, I imagine. He would have had some things paid for, but he wouldn't have had everything paid for. I still think you throw in the fact that he went in the military adds for the story. You would have thought so, but they were. A but good, early early nineties when they did this, they really weren't. They really weren't kind of building up that whole military thing the way you would now. I think if if the movie was made today, you would definitely play up the military, the whole patriotism, because that's what everyone's doing these there, days. There's just a lot in this movie. So one thing that you know, it's funny that you didn't like for love of the game because you said there was too much Jane. <laughs> right, and I'm watching this movie, and I forget he didn't even get on the football team till there's only 40 minutes left in the movie. That's that's what struck me is you know we've kind of talked about the the way things are done, and it and it's pretty laid out. He's from Joliet, Illinois. The family, lifelong Notre Dame fans. He's kind of a, a runt. He's always the small kid, and and they they talked about in the opening scene they're out playing Sandlot football. The two older brothers, and when I get older, I'm gonna play football for Notre Dame and they're like yeah right kid and so he gets to high school and he's like five six hundred and nothing and and that whole thing and but then even in high school they reference it that he actually led his team in tackles yeah so he wasn't like a complete bench warmer but you can do that in high school as a as opposed to going to play for Notre Dame there are a lot of kids who are studs and or at least really good players in high school they can't walk on at Notre Dame who aren't going to walk on at Notre Dame I'm yeah. just saying they make it sound like he never almost played football before, yeah. like that he's just a complete bench warmer, and that's not true either. But again, this has been a Hollywoodized, I, know. I guess would be my word, because we take all of this stuff, we take exception with Rudy, as if Rudy laid all this out and lied it. I mean, he would have given the writer, here, here's the pitch for my movie as he's trying to sell this to Hollywood. Here's the pitch, here's what I did, I overcame these odds, I played, I walked on at Notre Dame, I got this one play. So really, on its face, that's not a whole lot. So now, this writer in Hollywood, 
Again, Angelo Pizzo, the same guy who wrote Hoosiers, he's got to do a lot of work to kind of make you make care this about the into character. something that you're going to care about. Yeah, I mean, just like the love story, that's an easy one. So now he's got a girlfriend. There's conflict. What's he going to do? Is he going to stay here or is he going to go try to pursue his dream and go to Notre Dame? And I understood that, and I was trying to get behind that. And then I'm like, the whole thing, she he. They buy a house, then he moves like a week later. Like they didn't even give you enough time to get invested in it. Really, did they actually buy the house? I don't know, but they, they were looking, looking at, at it. And then Christmas time, she's already with his brother, and it's all over with anyway. Yeah. The the two, the, let's just jump to the the biggest thing that I think initially caused the most controversy were the things directly related to Dan Devine because Rudy gets to Notre Dame. He finally he goes to Holy Cross for a couple years, finally makes the grades. He gets admitted to Notre Dame. He walks on, goes to the walk-on tryout when Eric Parsegian was still there. He makes the team. And so he goes to Era's office at some point, and Era's watching game film. And by the way, did that you know? That game was the game Rudy played in. Yeah, the, the, the film he's actually watching in the movie anyway. And so Era makes him the promise, I'll let you, you know, he goes through the whole thing, the NCAA hamstrings us, we're only allowed to suit, what is it, 60 players they say for 60, a home game. Yeah. Which isn't true. I would have thought it would have been a lot more than that, yeah. I think it's. I think that's the limit for the road games. Yeah. But so we're only allowed to dress so many, but he, but he promises Rudy that he will let him dress, and then lo and behold, he retires at the end of the year, so they bring in Dan Devine from the Packers. So the two biggest kind of points of disagreement, things that did not actually happen. The jersey scene where the captains walk in and start laying their jerseys on Dan Devine's desk. I want you to, you know, let Rudy dress for me. He deserves to do it. And then what happens on the sideline during the game where Devine finally relents. Everyone wants him to put Rudy in. He keeps saying no. Uh, Apparently, Dan Devine actually liked Rudy. And, Still does, yeah, and that's how this movie got greenlit was because Divine, and that's part of what Rudy has said. Daniel Rudiger has said too is Notre Dame had to sign off on everything on this, so it's not like they didn't approve all this. But yeah, so apparently, no one really had to twist Dan Divine's arm. But the thing that he took exception with the most, this is a quote from him: "The Jersey scene is unforgivable. It's a lie and untrue." And, and, unquote. That comes from. Dan Devine. So my question to you, did they really need that jersey scene? See, I read that too, and the quote's pretty specific about how and he said he was okay with being a bad guy in the movie. He knew he would be Yeah, he because because he liked Rudy so much, he was okay with whatever being a it needed bad guy. to make the movie get made. Yeah. And I believe his line was something like I was okay with being the heat, but I didn't realize how bad it would be. Right. Like they make him the the villain almost. He knew he'd be bad, but not a villain. Mm-hmm. But you can get past that. The the Jersey scene is where he really draws a line, almost says it tarnishes what Notre Dame is, and any player that had done that would have been kicked off the team. That's what he said later in that quote. Any player who would have come in and driven up jersey. his jersey like that? Yeah. Well, when all of them do it, though. I Look, I understand, but <laughs> I I'm, I'm just saying what he said. No, I get you. I get you. So it's did, funny. Because did the that... movie need that scene to be – to me, it is one of the best scenes in the movie. But, like – do the you, movie Miracle. I, we've talked about this. The the whole when they're over when they're overseas, and Herb Brooks is making him do the skate the lines after again, the game. Yeah, yeah. again, again, yeah. the legs feed the. But that apparently that I mean to me that's one of the best scenes in that movie, and it right. never happened either. 
I think that this. So okay, here's the two ways you go about this. Is it a great scene? Sure. If it's a, would you have gotten the same thrill of having Rudy read that roster and see his name on the last posting before that, and you don't have to go through this? Yeah. Would you have still felt good or had that same warm and fuzzy feeling that you get after they drop their jerseys? I think so. So if it's something that's negatively reflected upon the actual regime that was there, that's tough. Yeah. Because then if you just give him the roster spot without that, you don't have to have him go cry to the um Well, he had already, janitor. though, he had been checking the list several times, the, the dress list for every game they show him. And that's what, like you said, it, it took more than half the movie for him to finally get to Notre Dame, and then he gets to Notre Dame, and we get a series of montages. You know, we, we could have had more montages. <laughs> you love montages. In the yeah. steel mill. Yeah. But – yeah, we get more montages after he gets to Notre Dame practice and, and the whole going through the seasons, the whole time when he's trying to get into Notre Dame and all that different stuff. So I guess my question is, so, to me, to me, it comes down to you've got the Jersey scene where Divine finally relents because it was going to be the last home game. Rudy had checked the list. He didn't get in. So the captains get mad. It just ain't right, man. And, and so they go in, they give the jerseys, want Rudy to dress instead of them. To me, it comes down to you either have the jersey scene or you have Divine on the sideline saying, no, he can't get in, and everyone's chanting Rudy. I don't think you need both. You don't need him stonewalling him twice? Yeah. I, I think you you could have gotten by with one or the other. I don't think you need both because it doesn't sound like the whole him, him not wanting to put Rudy in on the sidelines didn't happen either. I, I, think, I think you could have done the jersey thing. And then you finally get to the end, and, and maybe Divine's a little bit, all right, whatever, there's seven seconds left, put him in, get him on the field, that kind of thing. See, I think if you have to pick between the two, I almost think you leave the jersey scene in, and like you were saying. Right. But then, like, what was the point of him talking with um, who was the legacy guy that, because Rudy quits the team. Remember, he doesn't see his name yeah. on the list. So then he quits the team, and then he yells at him in the hallway. Then he goes back to the field, and his janitor's like, not Chandler, the fortune. Yeah, fortune. He's like, yeah, don't you have practice? And gives him this rah-rah speech, yeah. and then he goes back to practice. And I'm thinking that's like 10 minutes of the movie you could have just cut out if he just made the, the roster. That's right. And you'd still feel good for him, and then you just start back up at the game. You don't need that hole in between. Yeah. So, But, but then if you don't have the jersey scene, then you need, I guess, him. Is the jersey scene pretty pivotal, though? In your mind, it's iconic. I think it's. Yeah. One, I think. I think it's what people remember probably the most. But again, <laughs> it's the thing that didn't happen, and it, it, it's also become the uh, kind of the point of most contention out of this whole thing, especially with the people that are actually involved in it, which is different. A yeah. lot of these stories you don't hear about people that are have their liberties taken that are the no. ones complaining in interviews. Because I also just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's latest movie you watch a lot of movies and so what's what's the biggest controversy have you paid any attention to that you haven't seen it nope the biggest controversy are margot robbie playing sharon tate and there there are a lot of people who are upset about the way she was portrayed people who knew her obviously right or of course (laughs) and then there's also uh, bruce lee there's a there's a scene that includes bruce lee and so bruce lee's family is mad about the way he was Portrayed. Now we know in that case that really the the whole that whole movie is fiction, and so Quentin Tarantino is essentially making things up with so just characters. Know, yeah, yeah, it's it's 
these people were really alive. He ties in some real people. But the two main characters are complete fiction. It's just tied around that time period. But again, the closer you are to it, I think the more you're going to be upset. I think I just don't think there's any way anyone was going to be 100% satisfied, happy, yeah. happy coming out of this. Well, then the other thing, the real, the pro, the Riot's not one of my favorite movies. Watching it back has nothing to do with that. I think I'm separating myself out far enough that I'm not jaded. There's, like I brought it up earlier, there's just not enough football in it. You see him at practice so for a few like times. Fo- it's it's about then, a kid trying to play football, but you really don't see that much. Football. Right, and then That's the football is only at the very end, and it's the well, he actually played three plays or whatever, two they show in the movie. Let me ask you this: Did your opinion of this movie change at all after watching it again, Bobby? This is something that we ask every week. Did your opinion change about Rudy because you went in? Did was there? Let me go back even farther. Because you were born and raised here in this area. Correct. Michiana is what we call it for anyone who happens to be listening outside of of South Bend, Mishawaka, wherever you happen to be. So you were born and raised around South Bend, around Notre Dame. You were a Notre Dame fan growing up. Do you remember watching Rudy for the first time? I don't remember watching it for the first time. I remember... I probably watched it a bunch when I was younger. So I remember like watching it as a kid, but I don't remember a whole bunch of like the specifics of the first time. Did you like it when you were a kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, so you did? Yeah. And so when did you begin? When did your opinion of it change? <sighs> probably when I started working around the f- football program. <laughs> no, it it's it just was I, it more about the things you started to hear about what really happened in that. Kind it was of stuff? just more the discrepancies between it being real yeah. or what wasn't. Right, that's pretty much where that came from. And you know, people who were extras in the movie and and all that kind sure. of stuff, right? Who were in the stadium when they made the movie that day. But then even watching it back today, the thing that I learned, which was your question, is it was not even about that necessarily to me. Why I don't like it, it's just a lack of football. It's the lack okay. of the story's good, but. Even watching it now, maybe it's because I have watched it so many times. But I'm like, yeah, I know he gets turned down here, or they try to stop him here, and I know, oh wow, he's gonna say yeah. something stupid at Corby's, and he's not gonna be able to paint helmets <laughs> anymore. I'm like, I don't need this. What a dumb scene. Yeah, and I, and I think that it's a good point. There could have been more football because, again, like they montage through most of the football once he is actually on the team, and that would have been cool to see it. But I, th- I really do think that you needed the struggle and all that tension and the build up to get there to be for it to be a movie worthwhile cuz that's what it's really about. Yeah, you don't think they could cut some of that out? Oh, I agree. They could have. It's like even the practice it's like okay, But I still think the story is why so many people like it. Anyone who is completely unaware of all of this stuff we're talking about and you know they're out there because they're not they they haven't been. I've been around the program for nearly 19 years. You've been around it for 33 plus, essentially your whole life, whether you've been that connected to the program or not. And again, you've worked doing coaches shows and for TV and all that different kind of stuff. People who aren't aware of of all this stuff that we're talking about are completely fine with the movie. I'm sure. And they make Notre Dame look iconic, and I understand that. There really were going for championships back then. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that they were just a ranked team or something that he was trying to walk onto. I don't think they gave enough um, attention to that. 
the fact that they were highly ranked and really going for championships now in that era. We've both seen this movie several times. First time I sat down and watched it from start to finish in a long time, and, and it had been a while since I had actually seen it. Anything, and I, I will say this, my opinion did change. I actually found myself, again... Enjoying it even more than you it, thought? It was It was work to try to remember, okay, these things didn't necessarily happen, but just trying to focus on the story and the, and the way it was all done, trying to put away my preconceived notions and bias that I had about things. I did enjoy it. I, I added number two on my football movie list. And, uh, you know, I was maybe a little wavering with that ranking. But as I said, then separating all this stuff, I do think it's a good football movie. And it's the story, obviously, that carries it. Now, could they have done some things differently yes but I, I still think it's a good football movie even when he's trying to get on the bus from his high school to come to see a guided <laughs> tour like oh this isn't for you what person's going to tell their student we don't want you to go on this trip and they obviously had a list of everybody that they were checking off so yeah. obviously they knew he was on that list yep. so why did that have to be a thing anything new that you learned or noticed anything new that you noticed watching this that that maybe you didn't remember from before I don't think I'd ever. I knew he was in it, but I never paid attention to the Vince Vaughn parts. So it was kind of cool to see him so young, when he's in the parking lot talking about Rudy being a showboat, and that's all he is. Mm -hmm. And then the other player says he's just doing his job. Biggest detail, little detail that I noticed that I hadn't before in the locker room when he gets his jersey for the first time, he's sitting there and a guy wearing a number three jersey walks by, and of course Joe Montana was on the team. Yeah. At the time all this was happening, even though Joe's got his own, you know, he's got his own extra grind with Rudy and the whole thing. But I, but that was like just an interesting little Easter egg that I hadn't noticed before it, that they obviously intentionally worked in. He's he's holding a football and he's wearing a number three jersey. What about the trainer kid that As was like, roll this your is, eyes. That, that said, this is, is so cool. Let me ask, is there anything you like about this movie? Great soundtrack. See, and I, th I think that the soundtrack is the worst part of it. Having watched Friday Night Lights and Rudy within a couple of days of each other, I love the way they did the Friday Night Lights soundtrack. Now, it's a little more modern, but but the the orchestra and the and the cheesy and the, and the whole thing with Rudy, I didn't that's, – that's what I don't like about it. You didn't it. like the best part of the movie? Shock, Bobby. You and I disagree <laughs> with one another on a lot of things. Um, one other thing. You mentioned the Jamie O'Hara, the Vince Vaughn role, where Era says to him, this is toward the end where he said at practice, if you had one-tenth of the heart of Rudiger, you'd be an All-American. It's basically the same thing that was said earlier in the movie, in the bar scene, With where Frank and Pete get into the fight. Pete says, Coach said if you had half of Rudy's heart and desire, you'd be All-Conference. So and there's, there is a lot of that. And when we talk about the things that drive me, we'll get to that. In a little bit, but otherwise, <laughs> the, not necessarily things I didn't remember, but again, having not watched this for a while and having been around here to see this movie was shot in 92. So this is pre 96 when even the first renovation of the press box in the stadium took place and the expansion. And then, of course, we just had the second one with a crossroads campus crossroads project. So nothing over there right now looks even remotely it looked what like it a, used to look like. It looked like a high school 20, stadium. Yeah, it did. I, I noticed mean, that too. And it was amazing. The The scene that they had 
where Rudy was trying to get into the game and he's walking outside and they start off with a close-up of him and then they pan away and you see him walking outside the stadium and then you see the inside of the stadium. That is on the, what is that, the southeast corner of the stadium. And where Rudy is walking right now... Is a concession stand. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a concession stand and it's right inside where the press box entrance is for us. It's like you've got press box elevator and then you go inside and he is walking in that right now and then even like where they show him coming off the practice field when I first got here in 2000 they were still practicing in that relatively that same spot right across from the Joyce Center and there was there were fences and stuff like there and then the players would come out and they'd go into the Joyce well I mean now that's a soccer stadium yeah (laughs) there's a street a soccer stadium All of that stuff, just and completely they, different. And they don't go into the Joyce anymore either. No, that's right. I, I mean, obviously, they've There's got no the Goog, Goog yeah. which the Goog wasn't here when I got here. Right. There was a scene where he was walking, might have been the first time, down the tunnel, and he comes out to the field, and it's like, wow, that looks really old. I know. Really rinky-dink. I know. And someone pointed out to me that someone was wearing a starter jacket, of course. And they don't. <laughs> and what, and the, there weren't starter jackets. There's a bunch of cars in the, in the scenes where they, like at the end when D-Bot pulls out and a lot of yeah. cars that weren't. But that's hard too. That's fine. Because I they were actually shooting at real right. games. You had, to, you had to have some, you know, the fans I have in no the problem seats. With that. They were trying to capture the, well, the whole game. One game. of the fans in the seats was Rudy himself. That's right. Sitting, He sat behind uh, the, dad, the and dad and the family and the whole thing. He had one of those kind of driver's caps and a big, coat on almost like he was trying to hide his face in the scene or something but yep he was right there behind and I think they kind of high-fived yeah one at time one too. point they, yeah yeah so do you have the favorite lines we always do favorite lines and favorite scenes it was tougher for me to find favorite lines from this movie There's but do you do you have any favorite lines yeah and yeah, we've always we've always have. tried to differentiate if it's yeah. more than a sentence it's a scene <laughs> even if it's a run-on <laughs> that's right um how about we maybe we should relabel this as favorite moments instead of favorite lines? Okay, but and then we can put them together, I guess. But like when he's practicing and he sees Mary on the sidelines, yeah, we, I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. I didn't remember that the first time I watched it. Okay, I like the line of um, his friend Pete told him having dreams is what makes life tolerable. Yeah, you know that's inspirational. That's motivational. I uh, like when he's talking with Cavanaugh. Uh, says, in 35 years of religious studies, come up with two facts. One, there is a God. Two, I am not him. <laughs> but that was a good line. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the one where, where Rudy and Fortune, I think they're on the field maybe together. I don't know if it was the first time or not, but Rudy, someday I'm going to run out of that tunnel and onto the field, and Fortune ain't going to beat it this day. <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm here to play football for the Irish. Coach Parsegian know about that? Yeah. <laughs> And then his reaction, yeah, I should go tell him. What? <laughs> you know, and then a lot of the fortune stuff. Wouldn't he? Wouldn't Rudy have been fired for how much he was screwing around? You would think. Now, apparently, that's that's another thing that he didn't sleep in the this. stadium. Well, the the character Fortune was actually based on three different people. Rudy knew, and I guess the, we talked about the fact that the brothers, the older brothers, morphed Frank and John weren't real. Well. He was the oldest, I think, Rudy was in the family, so he didn't have older brothers. But they were essentially supposed to represent all the people over time who had told him he was never going to go to Notre Dame and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't want to digress into the whole, 
what it was and wasn't real. But at the end of the movie, they even say like they go, Rudy was the last player carried off. Right. I'm. I don't know if that's still true. But then they also reference that uh, six of his younger brothers and sisters have gotten gone to college after this, okay. after him or something. So they do reference the fact that his family isn't what they've depicted in the movie. Yeah. Do you have any favorite do, do you have more favorite moments that you <laughs> wanted to get to? Just um I know it's tough for you because I thought it was a cool Easter egg that they had. Other than when the you know the music started playing, which Easter egg? I'm sorry, the one where he was watching the game that Rudy played in as he walked in the office. Yeah, that was a cool Easter egg. But so, do you uh, have any favorite scenes that stick out besides the jersey one? You know, well, let's start with the with the jersey scene though. Do you think it's one of the best scenes in the movie? Yeah, it's finally getting to football time in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes left in the movie, but yep, here we are. And that's the thing. It's for all the people who want to talk about, well, it didn't really happen. It is maybe the best because you get you start, especially when you watched it for the first time, you start getting a little choked up when you <laughs> see all those guys go in there and throwing their jerseys down. For you Rudy. thought I was going to have a problem with this scene, didn't you? <laughs> I wasn't really sure, to be quite honest. I mean, you've got a problem with everything else about it. So. <laughs> No, I thought that was a good scene, and it shows that you know how much he get, he galvanized the team together, mm-hmm. and how they all respected him. Which I don't know if that's true. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. Again, there are people like Joe Montana who would tell you otherwise. But, but I'm just saying that that in the movie it fits the story of what's happening there. The bus station scene where he's getting ready to leave for South Bend, and his dad shows up and has the top with him. And he says, "Chasing a." <laughs> Stupid dream causes no one but you and everyone around you heartache. Notre Dame's for rich kids, great athletes, not for us. You're a Rudiger. Be like your brother Frank, work in the steel mill. And he tells him, I don't want to be Frank. <laughs> See, I thought that was a terrible scene. Could have done without it. The whole movie, too, he's <sighs> the whole movie, he's like, he t- gets his report card and he's like, Here, Dad, look at my grades. Here, Dad, look, I'm going to make the team. Here. Yeah, we got it. You know, and like they reference it a little bit in the Christmas scene. Where he's like, I'm proud of you for your grades or something. Well, and that's, but I, that's not, I, I just, guess we can go to the, to the things that bug us about the movie and maybe this will <laughs> be even longer for you. But I mean, they do really keep driving home the whole point about nobody believes in you, Rudy. You're never going to do it. And, and Rudy is the one out there working and overcoming the odds because he's had all the heart again, because you've got essentially the same line delivered at two different points that Jamie O'Hara you could have been an All-American if you had Rudy's heart and then back at the beginning that's to Frank you could have been All-Conference if you had Rudy's heart that's actually three times then because when he's in the office he actually tells Rudy to his face I wish I could put your heart in some of my players bodies yeah that's right so that's three times in the movie that same line got delivered so you're again you're getting repetitive which I'm saying maybe we could cut a little bit of that out but again like we're two dudes sitting here talking about this. We know all about what really did and didn't happen. My wife, when I was watching this movie, she wasn't sitting and watching the whole thing, but she was kind of walking around doing some different stuff. And her opinion hearing some of these lines was a lot different because we talk about what what gives a movie broad appeal. And it's all these little sentimental tugs all the relationships. that we're talking about. Because, because a mom for example, is is always going to be pulling for that underdog more times than not because she sees in in a kid like Rudy or whoever it happens to be the, the, the things that maybe they can or, or can't do. And, and how much did they show her in this movie? Here comes that 
that little old ant thinking he can move that rubber tree plant. Yeah, and how often do they show that mom in the movie? Uh, twice, maybe. maybe. Yeah. No, I'm not saying the mom. I'm talking about a I mom. I know, I know. But again, we're doing sports movies. I'm supposed to be talking about a sports movie, and I got to see like five plays of football in yeah. a whole football movie. Fortune asking him, since when are you the quitting kind? You, you kind of talked about that, about how he gives him the pep top. I mean, just a lot of the repeating magnanimous qualities of Rudy. I think it does go overboard, but I, I do think that's part of what gives it such mass appeal. I'm not even talking about the real stuff. I'm talking about in the movie, why would he have quit after he didn't make that last game? Because his whole thing, he even admits, you know, I'm not, I know I'm not all America. I know I'm scout team. I'm okay. That I'm never going to be above that. I just want to dress to prove everybody wrong. No, I mean, it would have been stupid to quit at that point. Just like, for, you know, it's like you made it this far and now because you didn't get to dress all these things that you said you were about. I mean, right. it, that, that actually, it, it would have been completely stupid for him to quit at that point. Right, so that whole thing bothers me too. So I keep trying to give you some opportunities. Besides the music, is there anything you like yeah. about Rudy? Yeah, it's a good, I want to try to we're we're getting toward the end of this podcast, Bobby. I want to try to spin <laughs> some kind of positive note out of this. We both we both have issues with the movie. Yours are obviously deeper than mine. Is there anything that you like about Rudy? I thought Fortune was a great character. I enjoyed him. Every scene he was in, I thought he did a great job. What? Okay. I did. Okay. Uh, I thought John Favreau was great. I enjoyed all of Debop stuff. Yeah. And even that bugs me because he's going to Miami for law school and he's super happy and he's singing and dancing and then Rudy's just sitting there sulking in his room because there was a coaching change. Yeah. So that, but no, I, I like that. I like the story itself. You know what I find interesting is Favreau and Vince Vaughn have no scenes together their characters don't even cross paths in this movie but a couple years later they ended up doing Favreau's swingers and that's kind of where they I I think everyone remembers Favreau from this movie but that was swingers was was his thing and that's kind of that's what kind of got Vince Vaughn noticed was doing swingers but they didn't have any scenes together so more stuff I liked I like the fact that that was set at Notre Dame growing up here it was really cool to see a movie about these places I've seen or been. And it's really kind of unusual because think about it. Have you, is there another movie Yeah, even close to this? Yeah. What? Um, Newt Rockies All-American in 1940. No, I'm not talking about that. Uh, this was the second movie set in would at you, Notre Dame. Would you be happier no. if they <laughs> remade Newt Rockney All-American? Well, there's a good story. Yeah. Why is that a better story than this one? Well, one, Newt Rockney's are we iconic. Sure, are we sure that, that the real win one for the Gipper speech actually happened? That Hey, George Gipp might have been a Lying really terrible person. Supposedly, George Gipp haunts one of the halls at Notre Dame. You right. ever heard that yeah. little tale? But the movie has uh, one of the most iconic coaches of all time is a character in it. Yes. It's got one of the- So does Rudy. So the Four Horsemen, it's got, the, it's got everything. Grandpa Segan was in Rudy. Yeah, but he wasn't like an iconic character. Iconic. He wasn't. <laughs> I just think like you want me to sound bad. Uh, I think this movie holds up over time like well. That's I think never the story. You. <laughs> <laughs> You're an easy target. <laughs> okay, yeah. So so continue. Do you do think it holds up over time? I do think it holds up over time. I think that the story itself's good. Like I say, I'm. I went in trying to be positive. 
because I've been very critical in the past, and mm-hmm. I didn't want my only gripe about the movie to be the fact that this isn't real or this did happen, this didn't. Because I'm okay with all of that, to be honest. I think the scenery finally gets accepted. He's sitting on a bench or whatever by the lake. Yeah. Whether that happened or not, that was cool. But I just didn't need an hour and a half of him going through another semester of Holy Cross. Another, And I get the story that they're telling. Yeah. Just for me, it didn't that, work. That did go on a little bit long. I know where he's even— I would agree. They could have worked more football in and, and pared that down right. a bit more, the, the whole— getting there and trying to make it and all that stuff. Yeah, he just, I don't know, I just didn't need all that. Maybe after like the first year he could have got in, not, took him two full years, I think. So this is, if we did top 20 football movies? No, it would be in there. top 10? It would, uh, it's not far out of the top 10. There's not a lot of good football movies to begin with, is what we found out Mm -hmm. looking them up. So no, it's not that bad of a movie. It's just not one that's for me. Much like For Love of the Game wasn't for you. We talked about it. I tried to defend it, you know, but it just didn't work for me. This just doesn't – It. I'll probably still watch it maybe once a year, every year for the rest of my life. So it's not like I'm totally against it. I think one of the most interesting things for me is I saw this because it came out in 96, which was four years before I even – what? This came out in 96? Wasn't it? 93. Was it 93. They filmed it in 92, 93, came out. Renovations were. Why was I thinking later? Well, in maybe any it case, is 96. I didn't. Maybe you're right. Let me double check something here real quick. I mean, so it came out in the early to mid 90s, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. My point was that I saw it. It was 93. Was it 93? Yeah. Okay. 96 is stuck in your head because that's when they renovated the even stadium. More so, even, even more so then. It, it came out seven years before I came here. So I have kind of – my points of reference are different because I saw this stuff having never even come remotely close to Notre Dame's campus or Notre Dame Stadium or any of that different stuff. And now, having just watched it last week, a few days before we recorded this podcast – Having been around campus, seen all this stuff, seen all the the changes around campus. I mean, it's it's a lot different watching this now. Having having a perspective of oh, that's the grotto mm-hmm. when I didn't know that that was the grotto, or or yeah, you actually can sit on that bench and there's the golden dome sitting right across the lake. All those different things. So it's it's kind of cool seeing it, having two different perspectives, kind of to view it on. And that. I think that's a positive for me because like even seeing him on that bench and he runs down to a path. I'm like, oh, I know that path because yeah. I think when I was younger and watched, I remember actually thinking once, where is he running towards? Yeah, because you can't see the path because it's kind of down a hill. Yeah. Oh, he's walking through but, the quad. Or all like that when he's flirting stuff. with girls at this spot or that spot or in front of the touchdown yeah. Jesus. It's like that stuff's all cool, but. Would this movie have had the same effect for you if he was trying to walk on at Oklahoma? I don't think so. I don't. I think that's part of what makes it as well. The it's fact the that Dame. you do have Notre Dame and the Notre Dame mystique connected to it. Because, again, even – so it did come out in 93. That's only five years after they had just won a national championship. And so I think there's a, a much different perspective with this being Notre Dame versus – Virtually anywhere else. I don't think there's another school where you could have set this kind of story that it, that it would have had that kind of appeal. And especially in 93, because at that point, if you were – what's the second most iconic program probably right now? Alabama, maybe right now? Yeah. 
back then how I many mean, some some would obviously if you live in SEC country okay. you would argue that it's much more iconic but but no, I'm saying for now but then what back then how many of their games were on national TV every week Alabama you mean or the second best program at the time whoever it might be right none Notre Dame was the only one that had a contract to put all of their games on national television so using them was part of what made it good as well because it was such an, a brand. What are you waiting for? <laughs> You're just glad this podcast is over, aren't you? No, I like the movie. I did not look forward to this. That was true. You don't like the music. That's surprising. I'm, I'm telling you, I was not really looking forward to watching it again myself, but I came out with a more enjoyable experience than I thought I would have. And maybe it's just because, again, of, of sort of the nostalgia of seeing some things that I hadn't seen in a while and, and having actually walked in some of those places. I think part of it's the opposite for me. When I grew up, everybody loved the movie, so it kind of made me against it because I just got tired of everybody saying how much they loved it, how great it is, and that's probably part of my bias. Right up your alley. Yeah. All right, so Rudy is our first football podcast. Hopefully after this, more people will listen to some of our other football podcasts. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hope we're not going to. Do you like Friday Night Lights? Yeah. The movie Friday Night Lights? I've only seen the movie once, but I remember liking it. The show, obviously, I love. I've seen it twice in the last two weeks. I'm, I'm excited to do the Friday Night Light podcast. Let's put it that way. Well, maybe we can finally agree on something. I doubt it, but we you know can we give could, it a shot. You know what we can agree on? What's that? You should go to iTunes and download our podcast. That's right. You can also rate the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. You can do all of those different things. Our next football movie will be Friday Night Lights. Again, the movie starring Billy Bob Thornton. It spawned the TV series. But uh, we will talk about Friday Night Lights with our next podcast. Looking forward to that. Yeah, and check us out on Twitter, too. Absolutely. Bobby Hensley, mm -hmm. Sean Styers, two guys talking sports movies.